year after year on this date, it's Earth Day. And as a talk show host, on these kinds of days, you feel like, i got to talk about something about the Earth. And for many years, that's really how I felt about environmental issues. That was honestly, until over the past few years, one of my producers, my executive producer, Mark Romaldi, many experts that we have had on the show, environmentalists, people from the EPA and other organizations, the Sierra Club, etc., as guests, and findings from scientists, and more findings that we have that come out each and every day from scientists, made me realize how important our Earth is, what's happening to it, how rapidly that's happening, how much we as humans contribute to it, and how we have the power to, if not prevent it, at least to slow this down drastically, but some say prevention is definitely within our grasp, but only if we act now. Climate change is much like a cancer. It sneaks up quietly. You don't always feel the pain, and by the time you do, it's too late. At least that's how I view climate change. Now, I know there are people that are naysayers, and I know there are people that are going to refute almost everything that I and that the evidence that came out today on this Earth Day shows. But there are facts that we can't ignore, facts that we can't deny, And unless you're some massively trained scientist with many degrees from MIT or you're some kind of a meteorologist, you and I have to trust the experts to a certain degree as to what is happening, why it's happening, what's contributing to that to make it happen, and what will will happen if we continue on this path of basically doing nothing. Now... We obviously, as voters, have the power to elect officials that one believe there is a problem, that this is a cancer, and we need to detect it early and treat it early. Because we're not headed in a positive direction on this earth. And we don't and shouldn't just talk about it on Earth Day. Today, the president made his case once again and has made a case a number of times for climate change, regarding climate change. And he has made his climate case, if you will, in the Everglades of the state of Florida. Now, I used to live in Florida. I know the Everglades well. Many of you have been there either to visit the now famous Gator Boys or just to see those gators. But the president wasn't talking gators and he wasn't visiting gators, but he was talking about something that could affect those gators and You and I, my friend, this is President Obama talking about climate change today on Earth Day from the Florida Everglades. 2014 was the planet's warmest year on record. 14 of the 15 hottest years on record have fallen in the first 15 years of this century. Yes, this winter was cold in parts of our country, including Washington. Some people in Washington helpfully used uh, a snowball to illustrate that fact. But around the world, in the aggregate, it was the warmest winter ever recorded. So climate change can no longer be denied. It can't be edited out. 
can be omitted from the conversation, and action can no longer be delayed. I can't think of a better way to spend Earth Day than in one of our nation's greatest national treasures, the Everglades. Climate change is threatening this treasure and the communities that depend on it, which includes almost all of South Florida. And if we don't act, there may not be an Everglades as we know it. This is not a problem for another generation, not anymore. This is a, a problem now. I want Malia and Sasha not only to be able to enjoy this amazing view, I want my grandchildren way, way long time from now <laughs> to enjoy this amazing view. The young people who are here, the next generation, they're way ahead of us in understanding how important this is. Let's make sure we don't disappoint them. Let's stand up and do what's right before it's too late. And that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about prevention. And I talk about this all the time. Prevention, 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 prevention is key. Now, you heard the president today on Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, by the way, to everyone. Well, he has rolled out a set of new environmental initiatives, and several of them focus on the role that national parks play in protecting our planet. You heard what he said about the threats posed by climate change, and you hear those over and over. And you heard him say this can no longer be denied. You heard him say this no longer can be ignored. Now, the president in his new projects outlined one that includes a $26 million allocation for the National Park Service, and that would go go toward restoring projects across the country. You know, the other day there was a, a guy here removing a lot of bird's nest, you know, which can get crazy in on my roof and eaves of my roof and whatnot. I have a tile roof living in Southern California in a high fire zone. And he found a little bird's nest outside with, with four eggs that hatched a couple of days ago. And I said, what should I do with that? And he goes, leave it and show your children the cycle of life. My children have seen these little birds hatch. They see the mother getting it food. They see the mother keeping the babies warm. I hope all four of them make it. And every day before school, we get that stepladder and we look up at those birds. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with climate change? A lot. See, those birds need that tree to nest and other trees to have the materials to build their nest. We've already heard what happens to polar bears. Did you know because of climate change, we may no longer have butterflies? And that's decades away, folks, within many of our lifetimes. Did you know that because of climate change, we might lose the Bambis of the forest and not just because of a fire? What happens if animals don't have food? We have no animals to eat. What happens if trees can't grow? None of us can eat and we will have trouble breathing. This is all interlinked. When the president talks about protecting the planet, this is the only planet we have. And I know for many, it's easy to say, this won't happen for a very long time. But that may not be true any longer. We know that two degrees, information that came out today, two degrees might be the most important number that we have ever, uh, that we had never heard of, that we're hearing of today. And we must 
pay attention to that. As a matter of fact, my crew was explaining to me why before they shared with me the articles and the research that came out. If we as human beings warm the world more than 2 degrees Celsius, which is 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, we greatly up the odds of catastrophes, climate catastrophes. We're talking, now listen folks, this is not a TV movie, uh, this is not a movie out of Hollywood, like the Ten Commandments. We're talking about the reality of droughts, super droughts. We're talking about the reality of rising seas and what happens when winds come up, hurricanes, or the ocean floor uh, has a different pattern to it, tsunamis. How about extinctions? I mentioned some of the animals. And what about the acidity level in the ocean that affects the fish that we eat? Water. Like in California, that we need to desalinate to drink at the rate we're going because of this drought. And we talk about super droughts. The past three years, we are having a super drought in California. This is a reality. No, we're not dropping dead like flies. But that could happen if we don't do something about it. Now, we as human beings, according to scientists... Uh, Carlo Jaeger, who's chair of the Global Climate Forum based in Germany, is author of a paper on the history of two degrees. Uh, We have never lived in a post-two degree world. He said, quote, if we start warming the planet way beyond what humans have ever experienced, God knows what will wait for us. This isn't some politician running who wants your vote. This is a scientist that doesn't get anything from you. We get information and knowledge as the result of his study and research from him. The good news If we drastically cut out carbon emissions, we can stay below the two-degree threshold. Okay? Now, there are people out there researching what do we exactly have to do? What will it take to do this? Okay? This year, this matters a great deal. And it matters today because it's Earth Day, but it matters every day of our lives. I just want to put a magnifying glass and a spotlight on it today because it is Earth Day. And this matters a great deal. UN nations are going to gather their leaders and experts for policy in Paris in December at the end of this year. And what they're going to do at that meeting is try and hammer out a new international agreement on climate change. And one of the benchmarks they're going to be used to see if not just us, the U.S., the entire world, this planet is on track, that two-degree model. Okay? That two-degree model. So this is not just a theory. This is something world leaders are using to see if the world is on track. In other words, they're using two degrees as a benchmark. So global director of the climate change program at the World Resources Institute, Jennifer Morgan, said, quote, it's almost kind of like a truth-keeping mechanism. It would be hard if it didn't exist to have a sense of whether countries are on track or not. Is it a perfect yardstick? No. Perfect measure? No, nothing is. But they say it's reasonable. And this is how they say in an article my producers gave me to think of it like, okay, so that we all understand, because I am no scientist or mathematician. If you think of it like a speed limit, would a 51 mile per hour limit be better than 50? Or maybe it should be 49. The point isn't about the number, it's the ballpark of that number, that range. We know 200 miles per hour would certainly be too fast. 20 miles per hour is too slow. Because with 200, you have great casualty, fatality, accidents. And with 20, you can have the same. So for climate change, we need to find out where does the world fall degree-wise 
at exactly two degrees. Is that the threshold? Is that the number? Is it is it you know two, not two point one or one point eight? It is a range, and that range is dangerous if we're near that or if part of the Earth is in that. Because remember, we are one world, and even though we may be different nations politically, environmentally, we are part of one planet. Another said, think of it like smoking, okay? How many cigarettes are too many? Most could tell you they have no idea. Nobody has any idea. But we do know the more cigarettes you smoke, the greater risk to your health for many things such as lung cancer. So the most educated estimate is two degrees. And we need to, and it is a way to, focus attention on that specific range numerically, okay? Now, since that number emerged, it was an academic paper in the 1970s, okay, folks? So this isn't something that scientists have, this is not a catchphrase Democrats and liberals have invented and that scientists ran with, uh, you know, the ball with. This was in the 70s. You never heard politicians in the 70s mentioning climate change. Certainly you've heard environmentalists talking about things like this, but they were not front page news items. So there was an obscure academic paper in the 70s that's become widely agreed upon now in the national international community. And in 2009, 114 countries initially signed on to that Copenhagen Accord, the non-binding agreement, but it is an agreement. And what the agreement does is recognizes the scientific view that the increase in global temperature should be below two degrees Celsius. Here's another problem. Our Earth is warming. Global warming, the globe is warming. That's a fact. We've got to stay below that two-degree threshold, that two-degree mark. Here's another fact. Like the president said, and I know people might go, well, it was colder than hell this winter. But the temperatures overall, on average, are higher. We've had the hottest past few months in many parts of the world where I live, in California, we didn't have a winter. If anything, we're having it this week. Yes, it's in the 60s, don't faint, in Southern California. And then on top of it, we see the impact this has had. If you just want to use one example, a woman named Sandy who was a hurricane. That one example alone. Isn't that one example alone enough for you to think about the devastation, the danger and the damage that ignoring this issue can leave us with. Now, some of you might not give a rat's ass about my kids or grandkids, but I do. And I care about yours. And we, as not only a nation, but as a planet of human beings, should want this planet here for many generations to come. Shame on us of when we're long dead and buried, one, two, three, four generations from us now, if we make it there, look back and say, this is what they left us with? We're starving because of them? Oh, look at these are pictures of deer and butterflies. Do you know trees used to, do you know little birds used to nest in trees? And my grandmother, a great grandmother showed, you know, my grand, you know, my aunt, my uncle, my great aunt and uncle, or my great grandfather, what a bird hatching from an egg looked like. Think about it, folks. Scientists claim that if the Earth warms an additional, just an additional, two degrees Celsius, we will face severe droughts, extinctions, and public health risks. What can science do 
to get everyone on board with this, to get everyone behind this idea. 8886 and probably more importantly, what can scientists do to convince climate deniers? Because only scientists are going to be able to do this. We can't have politicians doing this. Because this is not a political matter. This is a scientific matter. This is a human matter. Talking climate change, the president did today, and today is Earth Day. Let's get to your calls, 888-6-LESLIE. Let's start it out with Brian in Denver, Line 5. Hey, Brian, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hey, no problem. Thanks for thanks for taking the call. I think I think both sides could stand to take a step back and look at how to address this problem rationally instead of through partisan eyes. You know, the left likes to say that everybody that doesn't want a whole lot of more regulation is just a climate change denier and a science denier and things like that. And that's really a straw man. There are certain people, surely, that feel that way and that deny it, but it's not really what's going on. And the people on the right, you know, I, I think if we should all look at, you know, look, it doesn't help the global environment to take relatively cleaner manufacturing from the United States and force it into dirtier manufacturing in China, India, the Pacific Rim, Russia, everything else. So unless you have an agreement that everybody in the world will do and follow and enforce, we need to look at this through, you know, creativity with an intelligence. I mean, and I would like to point you guys to uh, Bjorn Lorgson. He's a uh, he's a Scandinavian scientist and economist who has basically said. Um, you know, absent agreements from the world, we got to look at start looking at addressing the changes and not putting, you know, trying to ban everything. Uh, the guys from the University of Chicago that do the Freakonomics, they also have a good book, uh, section of the book about this. And, you know, simply yelling and screaming that Republicans and conservatives are climate deniers, you know, science deniers, doesn't do anything. I mean, it, it's it's like, so what? So if we put if we put a whole bunch of restrictions on U.S. industries and U.S. car, everything else, and the rest of the world doesn't do it, we've done nothing. In fact, you've made it worse. And it's so often, you know, people like Obama and the left use environmental and climate change and all that kind of stuff just as more ways to seize more and more control by the government. I mean, let's, let's look at stuff that way. I don't find, and and I know you're going to disagree with me on this, I really don't find the left to be politicizing this as much as the right, and this should not be a political matter. I find that the left is saying this is not a political matter. Well, wow. How many times haven't you yourself used science deniers and... And, uh, I mean, good grief, follow Obama. What do you mean, climate climate deniers? Somebody who denies that climate change is real, even refer to themselves as climate change deniers, and and, and they call my program, and they write me on email and letters and Twitter and Facebook. I'm calling them what they refer to them. What do you call somebody who denies uh, the existence of climate change? A denial. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're, 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 you're taking... What do you mean it doesn't matter? You're arguing over something that, that I mean, you're, you're arguing over semantics. No, I'm not. I mean, if, 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 if the argument... If, we, if, if, if in fact, the scientists are correct, yeah. and if the Earth w- continues to warm at the rate it is, and that yeah. will cause a number of catastrophic events, some of which I have mentioned and outlined today via what the scientists have said, 
Are we being completely irresponsible to ourselves in the years going forward and future generations to ignore this now? If that is true, and I'll stipulate that it's true, that the climate is warming. Okay, so you, you, you stipulate it's true. I st- Listen, we can argue that 2 plus 2 is 4, but we know that's true. Why do we know it's true? Why do you know? Do you believe? Do you wait? Wait, wait, wait. Why do you believe that two plus two is four? This is a classic trick. No, it's not a trick. I have nothing to benefit or gain. I'm not running for office. I'm not a scientist. I don't have a lab. I'm not asking you for money. I'm hosting a talk show, and I'm asking you a question. Do you believe two plus two is four? And if you do, why? Yes, because it's math, and it's 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 hard. I mean, it's it's fact. It's, yes, it's a fact, but it's a fact. It's a okay. Do you believe that the Earth is round? Yes. Why? Well, it's not exactly round. There's a little bit of an oval to it. So, okay, but do you believe but, yeah. it's flat as they they once did? No. Okay. So, is it fair to say? That things that we believe today to be fact, whether it's two plus two is four or the Earth is round, were not always believed to be fact at one time. True. And do you believe that the United States acting alone will ever solve the carbon emissions and global warming? Problem? No, but the United States is okay. not acting alone. I mentioned okay. a con- I mentioned a conference that is taking place in December in Paris, in oh, which conference. the leaders of 114 nations are getting together, along with policy experts and scientists. To, de- to to determine what temperature we're at and what range it becomes dangerous and what we can do to not be near that range as a world as a planet. Yeah. So what? I mean, how many of those have happened? You know, how many how many how many countries have followed? What do you propose we do? I hear a lot of I, whining. I, I hear I a lot of naysaying from you and complaining, I but I don't hear you. I don't hear a solution. I just, I just told you. I said unless. We should go ahead and go ahead with those worldly summits and a whole bunch of rich liberals can feel good about themselves that they've met and talked They're about. They're not something. rich liberals. A lot of the nations, uh, a lot of the nations of those 114 oh, okay. are not liberal nations. Are liberal leaders? <laughs> you know all the private. You know the recent conference in, in Switzerland and all the private jets and rich people that felt good about themselves. To uh, okay, so something. so what 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 is your what is your solution again? I My heard what you said. I, I heard I heard a theory. I didn't hear a solution. I, I'm telling you, my solution is. Like I said, go read read the studies from the University of Chicago. Read what Brian Lorgson, I can never say his name, has said that we should, if if we are going to, if we are locked into unilateral action or bilateral action with one or two other countries that we can trust and actually enforce, we then have to focus on remedies to the effects of climate change, not beat our chest and. And unilaterally you don't understand that you're actually agreeing with me. You don't. don't you don't no. grasp that, do you? You're agreeing no, with not, me. Uh, but you know what? You we saying? can't do what you propose as a solution unless everyone is on board. So and if you, you have a very large saying? segment of the population or even a fairly large segment of the population not agreeing that, you're, you're talking about the best solution is dot, 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 to prevent climate change to prevent to, to reduce the carbon emissions but the the climate change deniers don't agree with you on that or that solution not because of politics because they don't believe but in you're, the science you're using you're, you're using a few people that don't buy the science oh there are not a few dear there are not a few there are not there are not a few let me ask you one question do you think the united states should unilaterally take action and that if those actions can't be matched by China, Russia, India, the Pacific Rim, 
and developing act nations, we should take those actions anyway. I say no, because doing that would actually make it worse for the world environment. It really does. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't agree with you. I, it depends on the action. For example, well, how, what how can, how can you're you asking me a question and you're not letting me answer the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. If, for example, like the president has already proposed, and we are already doing things that other countries then, and even corporations then, will mimic, will copy. For example, California, the state I live in, has been in a drought for 10 years. The past three have been very dangerous levels. We actually are headed toward running out of proper drinking water. So they have built uh, two desalination plants. They're building two more in the state. And that may not be necessary in every part of the world, and that may not be necessary in every state. But for us not to go forward in the state of California, or if that's a problem the United States has, another country, uh, you know, uh, doesn't have, why shouldn't the United States go forward with something that's going to be preventative and beneficial to its citizens? You know, you can't say, oh, well, because China doesn't agree with us, we all should go to hell in a handbag and die with them. Cutting emissions in California alone is absolutely almost zero for global warming. And if you think it does, then you are... No, you're telling me climate change issues in California are zero? I said if you you only control emissions coming from the state of California... I'm not talking about emissions. You know, you're talking about one of many things that have to be done to combat climate change. Carbon emissions are one, but that's only one area. So do you agree with uh, Obama's war on coal here in the United States? I don't agree with everything the president says, but I do believe I do want a cleaner air for my, myself and my children to breathe. There, there's, I, I, I don't understand. The, it's common sense to me to want our water and our air to be cleaner, and what we need to do. To but get that not, done, I support. Climate change. You, if you're talking about that's mixing apples and oranges, fine. If you want clean water, that's a different thing. But do you agree? You know what I feel water? like? You remind me of my husband when he's had a really crappy day, no, and he I, just I mean, wants to argue with me about no. anything. You don't understand that you and I are in agreement on many of the things you have said, but you don't want to admit that, and I don't understand why. No, I'll, I'll admit it, but you, you're you're saying that we should go ahead. And what have... do you want from me, dear? Because I am not a legislator. I am asking you a question, and the question the is, is you're you saying, hear? here's the solution. And I'm saying we can't ha- go forward with the solution when we, have a, when we have thousands, if not millions of people who do not agree with the concept and the scientific findings regarding climate change. Well, first of all, we, we as a nation can. I mean, there's going to be, you know, you could, we could pass environmental regulations. What I'm saying is it is stupid and foolhardy and actually counterproductive for the United States to pass regulations only applicable to the United States because to address climate change, because it's actually going to make things worse because our manufacturing base and other countries will pick up the economic slap and they are dirtier producers than the United States. I hear you, but I don't agree. And I got to take a break. Good talking to you. You got a lot of time today. We'll take a break. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. You're holding. Hang on. Don't go away. And no, I don't agree with that. Because like I said, even though climate change is a universal issue that affects the planet, there are some issues in different countries uh, that are more issues that contribute. Um, For example, 
Saudi Arabia doesn't have many national parks. It's in a bloody desert. You know, we'll be back. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Let's go to Paul in Washington, line one. Paul, thanks for holding. Welcome back. You know, Leslie, if only the last caller thought like that, we wouldn't have a climate change problem. <laughs> I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of using his, you know. We, yeah, you know why, Paul? Because if we all took the advice of one guy and his one recommendation that this guy read, one scientist from Sweden or wherever, we'd be set. Well, I mean, I'm kind of making a play on his unilateral. You know what he See, the, the problem with our political system, Leslie, as you were talking about, getting back to that, is that even in acknowledgement of a problem, even when acknowledging a problem, our system is set up to do nothing. Because as soon as you start suggesting anything, like the last caller, the irrational memes of resistance, you know what I mean by that? The, oh, well... If you just think the United States acting alone is going to do anything for – see, that in itself is – so that's kind of begging the Well, question. my thing is if you have to reduce greenhouse gases, if you have to reduce carbon emissions, and we do it, that's a reduction. It may not be the world's reduction. It may not wipe out climate change or turn it around. That's a reduction. And then if Canada goes, oh, we'll do that. And Mexico, then we have North America doing it. You know what I mean? And the list goes on. In an aggregate, it's it's done, but it's to suggest. See what he's doing is suggesting that it's all a political problem, and he's the one who politicized it. And that's what I'm saying is that the people who are the the people like the Koch brothers, they don't give a rat's about global warming. The, the 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 wealthy just want to be wealthy, and since our politicians are beholden to the wealthy, and then there's people like the last caller who he's just a tri- he's just a tribalist. He doesn't he would care. He'd like to care, but since he's he's a political tribalist. He only cares about what the, uh, what the political party that he belongs to has to say. But let me get on to something else. Let's talk about, when you say two degrees of global warming, this is a go- remember, that's two degrees, because I'm going to put this in a, in a light that people can understand, two degrees Celsius, which is about 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So let me, let me make a comparison here. Your normal body temperature is 98.6. If you added 3.6 degrees if you ran a fever of 102.2... You have to you go do, to the ER. Doctors you, will tell you, 102 temp or higher, go to the ER. Exactly. You would be in the hospital so fast, and if it were a child, your child, you'd be... And, and that's court. just if it reaches 102. If you sustain that, there are problems going on. Exactly. And the problem is this is that uh, the, the food chain, the microorganisms in our environment, they all operate on a very narrow, in a narrow range... Uh, of uh, the proteins function in a very narrow range. That's why your, your body temperature can't go up very high or down very low before your, the proteins in your body stop functioning because they operate in a very limited range. So we are going to see terrible effects to our, our natural environment, yet we are set up to, uh, as soon as anybody suggests anything, oh, well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, anything you suggest, I mean, literally anything you suggest, to people who choose to deny the, to deny the science, and, and then they say, oh, I read a scientist once who said, well, but that's not science. Because you can find a scientist who's still denying almost anything you want to... Oh, no, Every, everybody said, yeah, everybody, my husband and I will argue in raising our children. Like, he'll find a study, and I'm like, I can find 10 studies to refute your study, and then 10 more to support yours. I mean, that's how it is. But, but let's, talk, let's talk about some numbers, Paul, though, because uh, the, the prior caller, you know, didn't feel we had a lot of deniers, okay? Um, There was a survey that shows 
in the world that Americans lead the world in climate denial. I can't make this stuff up. Right. Okay? More than 80% of respondents to the survey in Argentina, France, Italy, Spain, and Turkey believe that humans are mostly responsible for climate change. Flip it upside down for the United States. And you ready for this? All right. We have what looks like going to be the warmest year this year, right, in recorded history. Sure. Global carbon dioxide levels that drive climate change reaching unprecedented levels. Yet, 53%, that's 131 members of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives, deny the occurrence of human-caused global warming. 70%, 38 members in the Senate sing that same tune. Right. Now, that's just the congressional members. So if you say 53% of our elected officials feel that way, what percentage of our voters or citizens of this nation feel that way? Well, that's, that's the point I was making, is that I, I don't believe that those, those representatives in Congress actually feel that way or believe that, but they're beholden to the money that, that talks that way. And because that's their party, then you have... Excuse me, people like the last caller who belong to that party, and they're just part of that tribe. So even though he believes, last caller believes in global warming, he can't believe in global warming because that's not a part of the that's not part of the meme theory that he believes. He I get it. He, he so what do we what do we do? Not with him necessarily, who because he he can't even admit he really doesn't believe what he says he believes based right. on what he's saying. How do we get scientists to? Because it has to be the scientific community, I believe. How do we get scientists to flip a denier? I don't think scientists can because the, uh, the de- because the people are denying for uh, un um, they're not dying they're denying for un uh, for not true reasons. In other words, they know, but our politicians know what's going on. But the, but they're beholden to to uh, another you know to another master and the people who uh, the Koch brothers and so on they all know what's going on. But they're beholden to the almighty buck. So it's not a matter of, of convincing anyone. The only way we're going to convince anybody is when we finally have catastrophe, and then it grows from the bottom up, and then uh, the masses say, hey, 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 this is real, and perhaps then we get voting that says, I don't care what you or your donors say, you're going to have to, do, you're going to, have to make some changes. Because I don't, think there's any, I don't think there's really changing anybody's mind. People know what's going on here, Leslie. Don't you think so, really? No, I don't. No? No, I don't. And I, and I think because some people just believe what somebody on the right, whether it's Rush Limbaugh or Mitch McConnell, tell them. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think that there are people out there, especially people that view uh, – for example, there are people out there that argue how long the earth has been here or humans oh, or yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that don't understand that you can believe in – uh, the evolution of things and believe in creationism. So I think there are just people that think of science as evil. You know what I mean? It's sort of if you're if you're pro science, you're anti Jesus and anti God. Right. And and I think that gets thrown into there well, as well. Paul, are... always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Patrick in Georgia, line five. Patrick, very quickly, less than sixty seconds, my friend. Hi, Leslie. First time I've called. Oh, great. Tweeted you back and forth. Don't great. agree with you. <laughs> okay. Okay, Patrick. Quickly, uh, I, I just I just think the argument's fa- uh, flawed. You know, I, I do think that it's fair to say that we are doing damage to the planet with pollution, but I think the way they're going about it with the climate change, it's just flawed. It, it's just not going to work. Oh, I wish I had more time because I'd love to hear from you, Patrick. What is flawed in these numerous Nobel 
award-winning scientist beliefs and theories. And science is a theory, by the way. Math is also a science. So two plus two is four. Well, it's technically a, a theory. Have a great day.